0: good turn to somebody next to you and say you look good some of y'all didn't say anything to anybody huh? all right well god bless you too <laughs> if it's your first time here my name is jeremy along with my wife jennifer we get the honor of being able to pastor here and we are not just welcoming in our west houston campus we also have our katie campus our cypress campus our cornerstone campus soon to be our tanzania campus thousands of people watching online come on let's welcome all of them in we're glad you guys are with us People listen on the podcast, and uh, I am excited about what's going to happen in just a few weeks. Um, You've heard about it from campus hosts. You've heard about it on our news. You've heard me talking about it. It is Easter in just a few weeks, and we believe that hundreds of people will be saved. Thousands of lives will be changed, and we'll all be gathering together. All of our campuses coming together under one roof. At the Berry Center, we're going to pack that place. It's going to be wild. We've got four services, two Easter egg hunts. People are like, why you got Easter egg hunts? We're tricking them to come to the Easter egg hunt and then come find Jesus. That's who you're really searching for. So make sure that you invite your friends. Barna Research Group says this. They say that about 72 to 75% of the people that you invite for Easter weekend will actually say yes. Your percentage is not that high on any other weekend. That doesn't mean that you don't need to invite anybody else any other weekend. I'm just saying, if we know that the percentage is that high, why wouldn't we invite our friends, our family, people we don't even know? They're looking for somebody to say, hey, you can come sit with me. We're going to have plenty of seats, plenty of parking. So make sure that you invite your friends as you leave all of our campuses this weekend. You're going to get an invite card. Make sure you share it um, with somebody that you know, somebody you don't know. Um, share all of the stuff on social media. How how many guys are excited about what God's going to do Easter 2019 at Hope City. God has always, always blown our mind on Easter weekend. And this year will be no exceptions. We'll also have baptisms that weekend. And if you've never been baptized, you need to prepare yourself to be baptized that weekend. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And I'm excited about it. This weekend, I'm preaching on this subject. Are y'all ready? The key to a miracle. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need a key. How many of you, all campuses, how many of you need a miracle somewhere in your life? Just raise your hand. I need a miracle somewhere in your life. I need a miracle somewhere in my life. I need God to do something that only God can do. And this weekend, I'm going to give you the key to a miracle. And we're going to start by talking about an awesome opportunity that God has given us. You've been hearing me talk a lot about it. I've given tons of information about it. So I'm not going to go into a ton of intricate details on this project. You can find most of our details online at HopeCity.com. You just click on the silos project. But we are excited about the opportunity that God has given us to purchase 17 acres right here in West Houston, right between uh, Bellway 8, I-10, just unbelievable, half a million cars a day. In fact, that's the picture that's behind me. These are these silos. Now, here's what I want you to know. And I've been saying this since day one. These silos have held seed for like 60, 70 years. They held seed. There were railroad tracks that ran through that property, and I just found out that not only did they send seed all over the United States of America, but they also trucked it down to the port and sent it all over the world. And here's what I want you to know. In a few short months, after we get this property, we go vertical, we build a building, the harvest is coming home, and we're going to see millions of lives changed. I believe that. God has given us an opportunity. And it's a unique weekend because we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of this, uh, at the end of this service to give. Many of you watching online, here's, here's my question for you. If God has blessed you through what we're doing here at Hope City, I would encourage you to make a commitment um, to ask God, God, what would you have me do? And then do whatever God tells you to do. If you're new and you're like, ah, ah I came on offering weekend take a deep breath okay because there is zero pressure in fact we would say don't feel any pressure to give our service is our gift to you having said that I want everybody to pull out your commitment card because I want to explain a couple of things for you and if you're watching online um, here in just a minute you can actually click on there and uh, you can look at that but go ahead and stay with me for right now or maybe you're listening on the podcast on there you'll see two different uh, options one is my 2019 silos closing commitment which that is uh, your gift for today whatever God tells you to give today you do that and then there's a 2019 monthly generosity goal what i'm going to give above and beyond my tithe and offering i'm going to give this this is what i believe god can do okay these are suggestions okay because i've had people say well um you know exactly what i want to do is not right on there maybe an in-kind donation or you know maybe i'll have something in like if you ask me like in two months i've got something coming through that's fine it's a suggestion Write down whatever God speaks to you give today whatever God's told you to give you can also give your tithe and your op- your normal tithe and your offering at the end of, of this service and, and listen if God hadn't told you to give anything, you're like, I haven't heard nothing Number one, make sure you've asked talk to him ask him but but here's what I want you to do. I want you to just write a prayer request on there that's fine at the end of these, we, we want every, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open every one of them. We're going to pray over every one of them. And we promise whatever you commit, we're not going to call you later and be like, hey, you committed. Like, where's it at? Like, we're not going to do that. We're like, go to Wells Fargo. Come on, bring it in. We're not doing that. Here's what we know. God is already doing this. And we're getting an opportunity to be a part of it. Amen. And I'll tell you this. <clears throat> I debated whether I was going to tell you this or not. Um. We have already, before the first service of this weekend, we have already received more than 5 million in commitments. I think that's amazing. We ought to give God glory for that. That's unbelievable. A four-year-old church, that's, it's, it's, you have no idea how crazy it is. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you have no idea. You just don't know. But what God has done here since day one has been weird. Super weird. So weird, in fact, that I'm a faith guy, man. I'm a big dreamer. You hang around me long. I'm going to be dreaming big dreams for you, bigger dreams than you're dreaming for yourself. I'm a visionary, but I'm also smart enough to know that you can't just do what God has called you to do on vision alone. You've got to look at everything. God brings other people into your lives. I'm, I'm grateful that we have an incredible building committee, an incredible finance team. We've got a great board of overseers. We've got a great trustee board. So I don't run this church by myself. In fact, my word is not the final say. I am a non-voting member of our board. So I can set the agenda and be like, Please. And then they vote as to whether or not we should do this. So we hired a third party ministry consultant named Nathan Art, who runs a company called Ministry Solutions. Now, no knock on Nathan. He's a phenomenal guy. He's just not a big. His role for us is not a visionary role. He's not coming in going, guys, let's dream about what God could do because I don't need the finance guy doing that. Right. Like ah, the numbers were all wrong. But what if God does? You know, no, that's not that's not the role I need him playing. I need him to come in exactly what he does. He comes in straight face. He comes in. He digs into every number that we have him and his team work with our team. They dig into every number. And here's what Nathan told me. He said, I've, I've never been as excited about a project and I'm not supposed to be excited, but I'm excited about this project. Because every number that you have is up and to the right, like it's going like it's going up. And he said, everything that I've done is very conservative numbers. He said, if you guys, if you guys never grow another person, you can do this. That's amazing. But he said, also, I also want to tell you. And he was, he's, and I love you, Nathan. He's probably watching right now. No offense. He's he super nerded out, guys. Like he had all these spreadsheets and I was like, I can't read it. I don't even know what you're doing. He was like, it's Excel. Look at this. Look at this. And look at this. And look at this. I was like, I don't know what I'm seeing. I'm having to trust you. Okay. Thankfully, we have CPAs and CFOs and CATs and we have everybody like on our team helping. And, and he said, look, man, look, he said, because of all the outside events that you do not on a weekend freedom conferences and the hopies and dream team nights and all of the other stuff that you do that you have to rent facilities when you build this building those rental fees will go away you'll save over a million dollars just getting in a new building i was like ha, come on somebody i do understand that math okay so i'm excited about what god has given us the opportunity to do. We have looked at the risk and we've looked at the faith. Now, I will tell you this. Faith is not risk when you have a word from God. Faith is obedience. And sometimes God asks you to do crazy stuff. Now, let me give you, especially if you're brand new, you need to hear our heart. Now, I promise you, stay with me because I'm going to help you find the key to a miracle. But all of this kind of builds into it. But I want you to understand how we think about giving, okay? Okay. We used to put this, I don't know if we still do, but we used to put this scripture on our envelopes. I know it's on our website, on our giving website. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, a lot of times the pastor will stop right there and say something like, if you give with a teaspoon to God, God will give with a teaspoon back to you. But if you give with a dump truck to God, God will dee, 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 dee back up and give with a trump dump trump truck to you. Come on somebody, how do you want God to give to you? Now listen, I'm not mad at that. It's actually true. I'm not mad at that. However you give is how God will give back to you. But the point of all of it Is found in the next verse. Context is king at our church. Here's the next verse. Each one. Who's that mean? That means everybody. Turn to somebody next to you and say, that's you. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. It's not about anybody twisting your arm. In fact, if you're ever at a church service and somebody's like, give. The children will die. Give. And they're twisting your arm. That's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. God will speak to you. You do what God tells you, not under compulsion, because God loves for you to give cheerfully. So I'd follow it up with this. If you can't give cheerfully, don't give here. Things you never hear a pastor say. But it's scripture. God will speak to you. And it's important for us to understand that. Now, I want to show you some things that I'm pretty excited about. Um, because God's doing amazing things, and we have started moving forward with some of our plans. If you're online, you'll be able to go to our website and look at this. If you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on the video podcast, take a look at this. This is the site plan. We've worked with uh, a company called Kirksey to help us develop this. We're taking down most of those oblong buildings. We're leaving one up. We'll build a building within a building. Have a state-of-the-art children's facility in there. Amazing multi-purpose rooms in there. A cafe in there. It's going to be kind of an indoor-outdoor facility. This beautiful and phenomenal. And then. Instead of kind of repurposing one of those buildings, there was no way we really could do that and do it justice. We're going to build a brand new state-of-the-art worship center where we believe tons of lives are going to be changed. Now, And then we have these bank of silos that are right here. Now, the thing that you're going to get the most excited about, especially at West Houston campuses, look at all that parking, guys. Come on, look at all this, this beautiful parking. Next thing I want to show you is a video. They're going to roll this video right now. We're going to walk kind of into the property. And you're going to notice right here to the right, it's going to, it's going to kind of look like that. It'll actually look a little better than that. They did a, a quick job on this, but it'll be indoor, outdoor, beautiful. Look at, look at all the people out there. Look at how skinny they are. You're going to, you're going to lose weight on this new campus. It's phenomenal. Somebody literally got excited. Uh, the buildings will actually be connected. It doesn't show there. Look at that Hope City, man. And As we come in here, you're going to see some things that could be. These are just suggestions. It's actually going to be a little different, um, but but we're going to have plenty of space for different types of things. And then as you enter into the tunnel, um, you're going to come out into this beautiful worship center, and you're going to notice that it's a it's an unbelievable building. It's big. It's large. But you'll notice there's not a bad seat in the house. Even if you come late, we're going to back up via drone right right now and show you late folks exactly where your seat's going to be so you'll realize that even if you come late you're still going to have a good seat are you guys excited about this or what This gives you a little bit better of a picture. We can fit over a thousand people on the green space. It'll be a place where you can come during the week, do Bible study, do connect groups. We'll even have a stage down here. It's just going to be a phenomenal space. I want to show you one last picture that shows you where the room is filled. And we believe lives are going to be changed for the glory of God. Now, I think it's awesome that we see this. But it's more important that we don't get mixed up and just see a building. Because that's not what God's called us to do. Do you know how much room I need to preach? About 10 by 10. I did, I got this right here. Sometimes I come back here and I'm over here. That's all I need. I'll never need more than that. I don't even look, I don't even use this over here. Like, I don't, I don't need it. We're not in competition with anybody. We're not trying to build bigger and better and badder than anybody else. In fact, I've told you from day one. When they started calling us the fastest growing church, i pray quickly that somebody else gets that moniker. Not that we slow down, but that somebody starts growing faster than us. You know why? Because that means the kingdom is expanding at a faster rate. And that's what we want to see. But God has given us this option to have this amazing miracle. But I don't want you to just look at it as a building. I want you to be able to see something different. In fact, the question, the first question, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first question that I would ask you today is a simple question. What do you see? Turn to your neighbor and say, what do you see? Because what you're looking at and what you see can be two different things. In fact, I, I can look at something and you can look at something and we can see something totally different. You ever caught yourself staring at somebody? you like just staring at them? Just staring at them? And <laughs> lady right over there is like. <laughs> and like you don't know you're staring at them and then they're like. And you're like, oh, my bad. Or maybe they're aggressive and they're like. And you're like, calm down. Or maybe you're like, what? You know, you have anger problems. I don't know. Whatever God's doing in your life, he's doing. In fact, the whole whole nation was torn in half a couple of years ago over a question. What color is the dress? You remember this? Remember this? Some of y'all don't remember this. Okay. So here's, if you've never seen this before, let me help your life right now. Okay. Here's what I'm going to ask you. I want you to every campus, everybody watching online, I want you to answer this question. What color is the dress? Go. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what color do you see? What, what color do you see? L- literally like there's a lady over here covering her ears. She's like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. Question, question, question. Okay. What color do you guys see? What color right up here? at the front. You see, blue. you see, what do you see? You see what? Okay. You see you see black and sees black and blue. Who sees black and blue? Raise your hand. You see black and blue. Some of you are like, are you serious? Girl, are you, are, did he trick us? Like, did he meet with half of the congregation and be like, hey, say black and blue? Now, now, how many, of you, how many of you would argue with the people who see black and blue that you see white and gold? How many of you see white and gold? And that's the anointed group. I see white and gold. That's, I'm just telling you, when we get to heaven, what are the streets that are going to be paved? Gold. Okay, I'm just saying it's spiritual. Take it away. Husbands and wives are fighting in the crowd right now. Now, I don't know how this happens, okay? But optically, somehow, some of your eyes see this as black and, 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 and blue. Others of you see this as white and gold, okay? It's just the way you process the information. Here's what I want you to understand. Here, here's the challenge. This is what's crazy. You're looking at the same thing and seeing it differently. What do you see? I love this idea of legacy that God has called us to live a life beyond ourselves. He's not called you to live for you. He's called you to live beyond you. And if you're not careful, all you'll see is you. And if all you see is you, it'll be a hard time seeing him. You have to learn how to see what you can't see. This is what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples and his followers. He's walking along the road one day. He's doing all kind of work and doing all kind of amazing things. and, And Zacchaeus who was a tax collector. Basically, if you studied, he's basically in the Jewish mafia. True story. He collects taxes for Rome, taxed on some extra money, charges people exorbitant fees and keeps the extra. And Rome's fine with it. So his own community hates him. Nobody likes him. He's a bad guy. And Jesus is walking along the road. And if you went to Sunday school, you learned that Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a you also learned weird Sunday school songs and a wee little man was he. So he's a short guy and he climbs the sycamore tree to get a better view of Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus comes along and he says, Zach, come down from the tree. I'm going to your house today to drink sweet tea and eat fried chicken. I think Jesus was from the lower, the southern portion of Nazareth This is where he's from. Born in South Bethlehem. And they go, they go to his house. But what do all the church people say? They're, they're, they they look at Zacchaeus too. Jesus looks at Zacchaeus. They get mad. Why is he hanging with a sinner? Well, why is he hanging with Why is he hanging with someone who hurts other people? Because he doesn't just see someone who hurts other people. He doesn't see what you are. He sees what he created you. be and he calls to the potential in your future to help change your present and cover your past aren't you grateful that he did that for you and just a moment spent with Zacchaeus all of a sudden if you read Luke chapter 19 verse 7 and 10 Zacchaeus stood up and said Lord here and now I give half of everything that I have away and if I've ever cheated somebody I'm going to give multiples of what I took from them away what happened Zacchaeus stopped seeing himself and he started seeing others. It's so important that we see what we are supposed to see. In 2017, we rented Don Coleman Coliseum for Easter because there was no way the Memorial High School would hold everybody that we believed was going to come on Easter. And in our second year as a church, we saw it was crazy. We saw more than 13,000 people come to church on that weekend. How many of you guys were at Don Coleman Coliseum? Raise your hand. Now, I want you to hold them up high, high as you can get it, because I want you to look around and see the growth that has happened in just this service. There is a minority that was here. Then look at what God has done. Now, I had an incredible moment. I couldn't believe it. I was up there preaching, and one of our photographers caught a picture that was happening at the back of the facility. Now, this might not mean much to you, but to me, it means everything. Because that man right there is my dad. And here's what you need to know. My whole life, my dad had preached Easter services. This was the first Easter weekend in my life that my father wasn't preaching. And he came to hear me. And he came to cheer me on. And he didn't have like a throne chair on the platform. Some of y'all went to those churches that had the throne chair and the short pew. You know what I mean? Like if you sat in the short pew, you were something. But if you were in the throne chair, whoa, you was in the third person of the Godhead or something. You were weird. He didn't have that. My dad didn't want that. He didn't even want a reserved seat. He said, he, he calls me, Bub. He said, Bub, I just want to walk around. I just want to look at what the Lord has done. And one of our photographers called him at the back and tears were streaming down his face and he was giving glory to God for what he saw. But what he saw was something different than what I saw. I had this view and I'm seeing lives changed. But my dad wasn't looking at you. He was looking at me. And he told me that afternoon when we sat down in my little office, He said, Jeremy, he starts crying. He said, I I get it now. He said, I understand why I walked through every hard road that I walked through, every bit of pain that I walked through. Every time we planted a church, every time we had something fail, every victory, every defeat, everything that we've ever gone through. I get it now. He said it was all so that I could raise you. And train you and prepare you to get you ready for what God was gonna do in you. And when the greatest man that you've ever met says that to you, it's a heavy moment. And I saw it differently. I began to see it differently. At Hope City, we see people. Everything we do is for people. I had a challenge a couple of years ago. I was frustrated and I went to my pastor. How good was my pastor, Pastor Chris, last week? And any crush, he was amazing. If you missed last weekend, go back and listen to the podcast. But I went to him and I was like, Pastor Chris, I'm, I'm frustrated with our team. He was like, why? And I was like, because they can't see what I see. I need them to see what I see. And he says, well, if they see what you see, we don't need you. <laughs> oh, oh, Pastor Chris burns you. Calm down, people. He did it in love. He was teaching me. He said, you don't need to teach them to see what you see. Teach them why you see what you see and then they'll see more than what you can see and that's how you expand the vision. Everything we do is for people and I was frustrated because th- there were certain parts of the team that just were focused on getting the list done but not, not understanding why we did things. I'm getting ready to do something that's going to frustrate some of you. It's going to aggravate you. Others of you, it won't even matter to you. Okay, It literally will not matter. But if what I'm getting ready to do, even online, those of you watching online, other campuses, you're going to see it. And when you see it, it's going to frustrate you. Others of you don't even care. If it frustrates you, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. (laughs) Raise your hand high. Hold it up high. If it bugs you, if it bugs you, hold them up high. Staff, look around. That's what I've been telling y'all. There's a certain percentage. The rest of y'all, if this doesn't bother you, just raise your hand. Doesn't bother you at all. Y'all don't even care about your life. Whatever. It's okay. It's Okay. Like like some of y'all like, please, please. It's burning my eyes. I can't like, come on. This is what I was trying to teach our team. Like it's not just for symmetry. Okay. Some of it is for symmetry, but some of it is because if, if just one thing is off, it creates a distraction for people not to be able to see what God is doing. And everything we do is for people. There's a reason we give you a high five and not a handshake. You know why? Because you can just, bam, and be done. You don't have to shake somebody's sweaty hand. Hey, God, have you ever shaking somebody's hand and you don't know, when are they going to let go? I don't know. Maybe never. And then they start doing the saw maneuver, like we're sawing something. Like, I don't even know what we're doing right now. Or they talk and they just use your hand. You know why we do high fives? Because it creates camaraderie. Do you know why you high-five somebody? Why do you high-five somebody? Because you're excited. Because you're like, yeah, we won. High-fives signifies we win camaraderie. You can be at an Astros game. There could be some dude up in front of you, got a beer, spilling it all over everybody and himself, and the Astros get a run, and he turns around and looks at you. He's like, what's up? And you may not even like him, but you're like, yeah. And you give a high five. It's not even a good one. You just graze his pinky. That's all you get, like just a little bit. But it's still like, I'm a part. Everything we do is intentional. It's all about people. I see people. That's the why of what we do is for people. We're not building buildings. We're building people. And God has given us opportunities to continue to reach people. A few weeks ago, Cornerstone Campus. Shout out Cornerstone Campus. On a Saturday night. I met a kid named Dominic. I took a picture of him because he was serving like crazy. Look at this little stud. And not only is he on a picture, I brought him here today. Would you give Dominic a great big hand? Come on out, my man. Come on, give him a great big hand. Here he comes. Get out here, bro. Looking good. So two weeks ago, we talked, and or three weeks ago, somewhere around there, and you were completing growth track. Tell me, it's our two-step, uh, kind of our discipleship, get on the team class that many of you haven't done yet. Why did you go through why'd you go through growth track? Because I have a passion for serving and I love the Lord. Some of y'all don't have a passion for serving? Maybe you don't love the Lord. I don't know. You go <laughs> You go through growth track you wanted to serve on a team. And so you go through growth track to get on a team and you you completed growth track? Yes. Okay, and what what team did you want to get on? Flex. The Flex team. So you guys do a lot of mm. You do a lot of that? No. No, okay. All right. <laughs> What does the flex team do? It's a team where you could be on multiple teams to help out around. To help out in whatever area. and You just wanted to serve on multiple teams because you have a heart for God. And that is amazing. How old are you, man? Ten. Come on. Give him a great big hand. Thanks, man. I love you, bro. Give him a great big hand. His mom and dad serve on our team. Can I tell you something? Here's a secret. Don't tell anybody. He's my why. Every week I find my why. I don't point him out and be like, you're why because then it's weird. Like, Pastor looked at me and pointed and started crying. It was very strange. (laughs) I find my why. We're not doing this in competition. We're not building a building. We're not seeking God for miracles. We're we're, we're trying to engage people and see them become followers of Christ. I've told you day after day, I'm not trying to build a crowd. I have no intent to build a crowd. God's done this. We're trying to build individuals. We count by thousands, but God counts by ones, and he's doing something amazing in individuals' lives, and we get an opportunity to be a part of it. That's been... That's been since day one. That's why we started this church. I remember the day the day our trailers arrived, because we're a portable church. We, had, we ordered two trailers. They arrived, and my wife and I took a picture in front of the trailers. And it freaked the guy who delivered the trailers out. I mean, I think it's fun. I, it freaked me out that the trailers arrived on a trailer, but whatever. <laughs> he was like, we were like, my wife and I are doing a happy dance. She's right over there. We were like, ah, it's, it's so awesome. Yeah, I can't believe it. He was like, I've never seen somebody this excited about trailers. We had two trailers, two trailers. <laughs> 2014. <laughs> we were launching a church in 2015. And he's like, um, are y'all starting a business? We were like, no, we're starting a church. And he was like, in the trailers? And we are like, no, that would be weird. All of our equipment, will haul it. And he was like, okay. We are like, take a picture. And he was like, uh, okay. And he took a picture. And he, he didn't understand it. I tried to explain it. He never could understand it. You know why? We were looking at the same thing but seeing something differently he was seeing trailers but I was seeing a mobile move of God I was seeing lives radically changed by the power of a holy God and now we have 22 trailers that pull up to four campuses and we got trailers in Tanzania gonna pull up to that campus because it's not about the trailer it's about the dream and God shows you something And when you're in touch with what God's doing, he shows you what you can't see by yourself. I remember the first event that we had was, I think it was in July of 2014. And we had outgrown the facility that we thought we would be in. And we had to on the fly rent another facility. And the only facility that would give us a really good deal in less than a week in the city of Houston to hold over 400 people was the baseball bar at Minute Maid Park. So this is the church that started at a bar. God bless you. Some of you are like, now I know why I'm here. We got together, and this is a picture of all of us. And I got up there, and I began to talk about the vision and about the dream of what God could do. And in the middle of that talk, we hadn't even launched a church yet. In the middle of that talk, I felt the Lord say, preach the gospel. I was like, Lord, I'm I'm trying to build a launch team. Like, that's a little weird. Like, they should all kind of, like, like know why they're here. And he said, you're trying to build a launch team, but I'm trying to build the kingdom. And so I said, yeah, you're you win. And so I I preached the gospel for about eight minutes. And at the end of eight minutes at our very first gathering, we had 11 people give their lives to Jesus and three of them worked at the baseball bar. Don't tell me that God is not intentional about everything that he does. He moved us to a place who need a place that housed people that needed him. And then I had everybody turn around, as you can see them there. And we all turned around and we aimed at the window and outside that window was all the empty seats in Minute Maid Park. 42,060 empty seats. And I said, I want us to pray. I want us to pray as a representation of all the lost people that God wants to fill. Of all the people who don't have a seat in the kingdom right now. Who God wants to give a seat in the kingdom. And we prayed. Can I tell you something? I've looked at our projections. I've looked at our numbers. And either at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. We will have seen 42,060 people give their lives to Jesus. And I had no idea then what God could see. So what do you see? God designs all of his miracles around your involvement. Oftentimes we're asking God to change somebody else. You're in in a marriage here and you're like, God, change my spouse. Please change her, God. And he changes you. Because that's what God does. Listen, listen, and this is so important for us to understand. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. I'm giving you vision, but it's more than that that God's going to do. Man, I'm so fired up right now. But how's he going to do it? According to his power at work within us. God's ready. But you have to be willing. When you are willing, then God is able. There's only one time in the scripture that Jesus wasn't able to do very many miracles. And it was in his hometown, his home area. He goes back home, Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, and says, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. The first question is, what do you see? The second question is, what will you do? Because God always presents you with amazing opportunity. And then he gives you options. You have an opportunity to see your life changed. You have an opportunity to see your marriage healed. You have an opportunity to fulfill what God has called you to fulfill, but it's up to you to make a choice. What will you do? I'm not just speaking about giving to a campaign. I think you ought to do that, and I think you ought to ask God. But more than that, you ought to ask Him, what am I supposed to do in my life? Because He's giving you an answer. He's talking to your heart right now. The very first miracle that we find recorded, Jesus goes to the wedding at Cana of Galilee, John chapter 2, verse 1 says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the the mother of Jesus, this is Mary, was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus. 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 What, mama? (laughs) They have no wine. Now, she knew how big of a deal this was. Now, if you study deeply into the law, the the bride's family could have sued the groom. That wasn't going to happen. Here's what it was going to be. It was just going to be a big embarrassment. Because weddings in those days didn't last just like one day or one night. And then the couple goes on a honeymoon. There was no honeymoon. The couple stayed. They hung out. They had this big celebration. It was kind of a bummer. But whatever. They didn't get to go to the beach or go on a cruise. They hung out with everybody. And and for seven days, they celebrated. And midway through the celebration, they run out of wine. Which for us, wouldn't be a big deal. For me, I'd be like, yes. Love y'all. Don't have to go home. Can't stay here. Yeah. But for them, it would have been a shame that, that stayed with them for years. It would have been a great embarrassment to the family. And she goes to Jesus. How did she know that Jesus could do something about it? Now, obviously, she knew because of the prophecy that he was the son of God because of the immaculate conception, all of this incredible stuff. But, but we don't have any record that he did any miracles other than this. Maybe she had seen him do something. I don't know. Maybe Mary, the mother of Jesus, like their kids are out in the pool one day and she looks out there and jesus is walking on the pool she's like jesus get in the pool get in the water like everybody else jesus is like get in the pool his brother's like mama jesus is on the water i got jesus clean your room <laughs> quit playing jesus i ain't gonna play with you no more like that god imagine how tough it was to be a brother of jesus Jesus did it. Well, he is the son of God. <laughs> like Jesus doing homework one day. So I was like, Jesus, I need you to go to the store and get some flour. I need, I'm making some bread. I need you to get. He says, mama, make unleavened bread. You know, come on. You don't need flour. Like, no. Jesus, get up right now and go to the store. Mama, look in the cupboard again. <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so tired of you. She knew Jesus could do something. And she goes to Jesus and she says, they've run out of wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, probably wasn't from Southern Nazareth talking like that. Or if Mary was, she'd be like, I'm going to tell you something right now, Jesus. Father God, you better get your boy. I'm going to kill him. You're going to have to raise him twice. Keep playing, Jesus. Keep it. Keep it up. He says, "What does your concern have to do with me? Basically, what he's saying is they haven't even asked me into this situation. He says, my hour has not come yet. And she doesn't say anything else to him. She turns around and she looks at these servants. And she says, whatever he says to you, do it. Think about that. Whatever he says to you, do it. And that's all I'm asking you. Not just with your offering. Not just with your commitment. With your life. Whatever he says to you do it. And he said, these water pots, we've got pots down in front of every aisle. He said, take the ceremonial cleansing pots and and put water in them. You can measure obedience folks, because these servants have no idea who Jesus is and what he can do. And they don't just put a little water in them. They fill them all the way up to the brim. I wonder how obedient we'll be to God in our lives when he tells us go all in, go to growth track, get on the dream team. I tell you all the time, just take the challenge just for one year, just go all in and see what God could do in your life. Go all in, give him your whole heart. In fact, right now, I want to ask you this question. What is he asking you to do with your heart? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes every campus before we do any kind of offering I want to give you an opportunity to give the greatest offering that you could ever give and that is control of your life to Jesus. Nobody looking around the Bible says when you acknowledge him he will acknowledge you so if you're in this room if you're under the sound of my voice watching on the podcast listen online in another campus you're, you're sitting there you're in here in West Houston campus here's my question for you is Jesus at the center of your life or is he just somewhere on your list? What is he asking you to do with your life today? And if you know that he's not the priority place that he should be, that you haven't placed Jesus at the center, but you would like to. When you acknowledge him, the Bible says he will acknowledge you. When you put your faith in him, he'll wrap his arms around you. Online family, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Listen, this is crazy what God is doing at Hope City and you're a part of it. Thank you for sharing the story uh, of what God has done here. It involves all of us. And many of you, you tune in faithfully, and here's what I want you to do. I'm asking you to pray about what God would have you to do throughout this project, throughout this process, and then just do whatever God tells you to do. Now, I think it'd be awesome if you start a watch party. Grab a bunch of people, get them together, and y'all watch. Thank you for sharing. It's literally changing lives. I had a guy hit me from London today, and he was watching. He was like, man, this is amazing. It's inspiring. I can't wait to be a part of it. So I love that all over the world. It's Hope City, baby. It's Hope Country. It's it's Hope World. I don't know what that means, but we're going to have fun. I love you guys. God bless you.